gonna skip the introductions for now. Who I am does not matter. What matters is what I have to tell you. You have seen the title of this message, so I am sure that you have an idea about what we are talking about today. To be born again. Yes, but I have to warn you, this message is not as you know it. To be born again does not mean to accept Jesus of Nazareth, his preeminence, as your Lord and personal Savior. The act of being born again is not something that is instant. The Supreme Lord called that path the path that leads to life narrow. A two-minute confession does not seem narrow to me. The phrase born again means firstly that there was an initial birth and secondly the goal is another birth. In John 3 verse 5 the Supreme Lord Jesus the Christ, in explaining what he meant by born again, said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is, in essence, the born again message. Being born of water as is now revealed by the Spirit of Truth, is that initial birth, the event that took place in your mother's womb. This is like being baptized into the death nature, mortality. Because remember, all that happened in that womb is not your beginning. You, the spirit being, came from above, the spirit being of a child of the kingdom. You were sent into your mother's room by the God himself. That was a baptism. But because that body, this body we are sent into is mortal, that is why it was not the best. That is what being born of water means. Now being born of the spirit, that is being born again. A baptism into the kind of life the spirit has. The life which the body needs. Baptism into an immortal life of bliss. The kind of body gotten from that first birth is the kind of body that cannot enter into heaven. In that first birth, being born of water, we are born into this earth, mortal, corrupted. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. This explains that mortals cannot enter into heaven because the mortal state is a fallen state, a corrupt state. But looking back at John 3 verse 5, we see that the Supreme Lord said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. So that means this issue of mortality, this, this issue of blood, because it is an issue, 
is not a hopeless situation. There is hope. And that hope is in being born of the Spirit. Now before I go into what it means to be born of the Spirit, let's take a closer look at the mortal body. This body is imperfect. That is not news. It is the very reason we can't seem to do anything right. And if we try, that behavior is not sustainable. It is difficult to control the animalistic instincts of this body. Things this body lost for. Not only that, this body is easily broken. It forgets quickly. It needs to be cleaned daily, else it stinks. And most importantly, it deteriorates over time. Aging is not a blessing. The imperfections of the mortal nature is what you should blame your shortcomings on. Not the devil. Do not be the kind of people that will look for a scapegoat to blame their sins on. Because that people are the kind to sacrifice their savior and say that he died for them. Do not be that kind. We have all gone through dances with our guilty conscience. That is because the spirit being, that being which is holy, which I said was sent from heaven, does not agree with what the body has done. There is no unity between the spirit being and the mortal body. That the two could meet at all is because of the soul. We used to think that the way to heaven was to keep all the commandments. But that is not true. God does not expect perfection from immortal. Isaiah rightly said in Isaiah 64 verse 4 to 7. But we are all as unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Plainly speaking, no mortal can be righteous because his very nature is filthy. This is the nature of the body that he is wearing, not the spirit being. This body is definitely not the best of God. We learned that God coupled the body of man the body of Lord Adam, and I call him Lord for a reason, with his most holy hands. We also know that God is perfect, and whatever he does will be perfectly done. This body, this body clearly is not perfect. And as we saw in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 50, Corruption cannot inherit in corruption. Or to put it plainly, no mortal can enter into heaven. Am I saying that a mortal cannot make it into heaven? Yes. Heaven is not a place you find mortals. Heaven is not a place you find people that can die. Now, if the solution is to be born of the Spirit... What exactly does that mean? It does not mean confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ, his preeminence, is the Son of God. And through that confession, you will receive the Holy Ghost 
God of mercy. The most holy spirit of God is not a wine to be shared amongst people. There is no dummy Jesus, his prayer minister, will come to live inside of you. Spirits cannot be shared. Spirit is the very person, the being in question. You do not give parts of yourself to different people to show that this mindset has been. Look at what they wrote concerning Elijah and Elisha. That the double portion of Elijah's spirit rested on Elisha. Let's go a bit further into Genesis. Back to the Garden of Eden. If we now know that a mortal cannot see the kingdom of God, let alone enter it. How were Lord Adam and Mother Eve able to live in heaven? By now you should be able to tell the answer. They were not mortal. I said that whatever God does is perfectly done. And the fact that God himself in person was the one to make the body of man with his most perfect hands means that that body, the body that he made is perfect. So man before the fall was not mortal. You can pick your stones, but remember, touch not. Nonetheless, a Bible verse to soothe your doubts. A verse that proves that Eden is the heaven's world. Ezekiel 28 verse 13 Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. This was the vision Ezekiel saw of Lucifer who we know is a fallen celestial being. You should have no problems with that. Now Ezekiel said that Lucifer had been in Eden. So we know Eden is a place accessible to celestial beings. But he also called Eden the garden of God. See, I should not have to convince you that there is no garden on this earth beautiful enough, holy enough to be called the garden of God. But if that still is not enough, we learnt in Revelations 2 verse 7, the Supreme Lord said to John the Beloved, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Again, paradise of God. Clearly, not in this earth. And seeing as the events of revelations have yet to occur, and the Supreme Lord here was speaking about the tree of life, that same tree of life mentioned in Genesis came again in Revelations. That tree which is in the middle of the Garden of Eden. Now, is there any tree on this earth that has been from the time of Genesis and will be until the events spoken of in Revelations take place? 
So now that you know that Eden is in heaven, and by association, know that man was originally a citizen of heaven. Let's get back to the born again message. I said that a mortal cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven because the mortal nature is a fallen nature, a corrupt nature. For a mortal man to enter into heaven, that mortal must first put on immortality. This is what it means to be born of the Spirit. To be born again. The Spirit being has eternal life by reason of its existence. That is how it is. Spirit has life. Even demons have eternal life. To be born again is to experience a rebirth. But the rebirth here is not a rebirth of the spirit being. Because the spirit being is perfect. The rebirth here is in the body. The body which is currently imperfect. To experience a rebirth of your cells. To acquire an immortal body. The immortal body is not some fantasy. It is the original body of mankind. Mankind has his original anatomy. Do you think that Lord Adam, who was in Eden, had a body that could defecate, that could sneeze, that could urinate? If you say yes, then you are saying by association that there are toilets in heaven. You are saying that there is bacteria in heaven. You are saying that there are parasites in heaven. You are saying that there are unclean spirits in heaven. I thank God that this has been lightly touched in the Bible. If not, <sighs> First Corinthians 15, verse 52 to 54. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death swallowed up in victory. My God and my Father, that same death that has plagued mankind since our journey began, that death that seems to be immortal, swallowed up in victory, let it be so. Let it be so. This was about the end of times, the second coming. The first resurrection is taking place. Alongside it, mortals are immortalizing. That is what was meant by we shall be changed. The dead raised incorruptible means those resurrected 
are not resurrected mortal. If they were, there would be no point of resurrection. The case of Lazarus was special because Lazarus later died one day. Now, you might ask, okay, okay, we hear you. So how do we acquire this immortal body? Do we believe with all our hearts? Maybe then our faith can combine with God's faith and by a miracle we will wake up one day in an immortal body. No, 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 no. See, we can find the answer in John 6, verse 51 to 53. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus, his preeminence, said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. The Supreme Lord here was speaking not as God the Son, but as the physical manifestation of the Word of God. The Word made flesh. He said, If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And that has been the point of controversy. Did he mean that we will live forever in heaven after death? Nothing else made sense. It is so unimaginable that God could be talking about actual physical immortality. That we just assumed that was what he meant. Those he spoke to assumed it too. That is why they died. These people had the God Almighty in their midst and they tasted death. Selah. Raise him up on the last day because those he was speaking to will die. And dying is not the way to life. That is why there is need for resurrection. If you died to attain life, there would be no need of resurrection. There would be no talk of resurrection. Do you expect that people that died and went to heaven will jump down from heaven to be resurrected, to go back to heaven? Or is it that you're saying that you do not believe in the resurrection? The reason for resurrection so that they might be raised the body that is not like the one that caused them to taste death. A body that is incorruptible and have eternal life. It is disheartening that when Jesus of Nazareth is preeminence, preach this to the people, their reaction might even shock you. John 8 51 to 52. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you. This is the Supreme Lord speaking. If a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And thou sayest, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste of death. Here we have the God himself telling mortals that it is possible for them to immortalize in life and they called him demon possessed. Look at that. Just look at that situation. This is how the world functions. The system in this earth is xenophobic to light. You have lights sent from God, start speaking. And they want to kill. They kill prophets sent to them. They invite plagues. They invite it. Then they start praying to God, the same God they denied when the plagues come. This is how it has been. This is how it is. The people were so completely held down by their mindset. This mindset the earth gave them. That when salvation came, they spat on it. Learn from history. Those people that did this are dead. There are two sides of the coin. The two paths any child of the kingdom can follow. Two, because God respects our choices. He gave us free moral agency and does not force anyone into anything, even worshipping him. God wants you to choose life. There is God's perfect will concerning your life, child of the kingdom. That path that he predestined for you that path where his love for you is tangible, real. You can feel it. But that path is narrow. And if you deviate from that path, you are in the second path where you will die one day. And that road, as you have seen, is broad. People all over, all over, dying, 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 dying. There is the road that leads to life, not the roads that lead to life. There is the path of life and there is the other. One broad, one narrow. Broad, death and then resurrection. Narrow, immortalization in life. This is mentioned in John 11, verse 25 to 26. Jesus is preeminence said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe thou this, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. The God was speaking here. What else should I say? What else can I say? That 
has knocked off the argument that he was talking about life after death because he has already mentioned resurrection in this. All that is left is to understand what he meant by believeth in me. Because we know that it does not just mean believing in God. Let's go back to John 6, verse 51 to 53. What you should look at closely here is, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. And we know that Jesus, his preeminence, was speaking here as the word made flesh. But why did he mention drinking blood and eating flesh? Yes, that's, that sounds barbaric, but this was needed because he was not just speaking as the word of God or the Bible, but the word of God that is raw, undiluted, in its purest form. That is why he said flesh and blood. So what is that raw word of God? That word of God in its purest form and how can we eat it? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. There is a voice speaking somewhere. A voice that you know. Child of the kingdom, you, the Spirit be. He is speaking. Hear ye him. It is my utmost privilege to echo that voice, the voice of the seventh trump. Now, if you want more that is addressed here, and I mean more in torrents, visit Ark and Voy on Facebook and see the videos posted there. There you will find the voice that I echo. My name is Ochonogo Chukukadibir. And this is my podcast. From Life to Life.